Yeah, 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 we know medical care requires informed consent, but laws require informed consent, politics, entrepreneurship, how you engage in your diet, health, exercise, even relationships. These all require a place of being informed, and I am so sick of being called a conspiracy theorist for using my brain and being informed. So that's how this podcast came to life. This is Informed Consent. I'm your host, Brooke Bocci. Let's start talking. If you have been a faithful listener of this show, you probably know two things about me. Number one, I love to read and I love books and I love learning and I just love being inspired by just words in general. But the second thing is I love the Lord and I love learning about the Lord and I love stories that are about the Lord and and how he has saved so many people. And with that... Someone that is very special to me, especially in my faith journey, is my pastor, which you guys, if you have been tuning into the show, you have heard him um, specifically on one of the Christmas episodes. But he has made such an impact in my life when we talk about my faith journey. He is someone that has truly taught me and educated me and just really helped me in so many ways. And I found out that he was writing a book. And when I heard this, I I just, A, was so excited because I truly never felt so impacted and inspired by a pastor in my life, let alone someone who has a such a wonderful faith journey. And I I just know that this book is going to inspire so many people. And so I, I, you know, thought I have this platform. I know a lot of my listeners are children of God and are believers, and that I think so many people can be impacted by this book and just by what Tyler has to say. And so I wanted to bring him on the show this week to talk about his upcoming book that is getting released on November 4th called 26 Letters But Stuck on Why. So Tyler, thank you again so much for coming back on Informed Consent as a guest. And I'm super excited to talk about a new subject and congratulations on your upcoming book launch. Thank you, Brooke. Thanks for having me on the show. I'm really excited to be able to share about it. Yeah, the book's uh, launching and probably when this is aired, it'll launch. But uh, yeah, really share about it. You know, like I had kind of briefly shared in um, the introduction, you know, you you have such a way with words and you have such a way with just how you present information. And I know, you know, whether it's my husband leaving church or families or friends that we go to church with, you know, there's so much conversations of Tyler just has such a wonderful way of words that can relate to you in so many ways. So I just thinking about putting those words to a book and the impact it's going to make. I just, I can't wait to hear all about it. And I don't know much about it. So this is going to be exciting for me too. So fill us in, I guess let's start from like where this even begun. Like what made you decide to write a book? 10 years ago, 10 years ago, this started because I had uh, undergone a surgery. Um, You know, my 26 letters, but stuck on why is really a book on, on suffering. you know, the subtitle, why me, why this, why now, um, I think are questions that, that plague a lot of people. Um, but really for me, these questions started 10 years ago, the quest to understand who God is in the midst of suffering, um, came out of my own story. And yeah, I had, um, 
uh, a chronic illness when I was 16 years old. And then that at age 20, I go through a surgery that puts me in the hospital for two months. And it was in that time where, where I really began saying, okay, I grew up in the church. I know the Sunday school answers. I, you know, can quote you John three sixteen, but like, what does all this actually mean in the thick of it when life is hard? And so, um, I always, that was that time and that's that time of that surgery and the time of being in the hospitals really when I said, okay, God wants me to, to minister. God wants me to be a pastor. And I always said, my ministry is going to be to people that are hurting. Um, and so I thought that was narrow and that was just because I was ignorant to the fact of, of life, you know, being 20 years old, you come to find, I, I thought I was the unicorn of, you know, I'm this unique person who's gone through something hard and it's like, well, everybody's hurting. Everybody has pain. Everybody has wounds and there's stories. And so, um, but I think a lot of times, at least in my conversations with people and their and their hurt and their suffering, there typically seem to be a lot of confusion on why. You know, why would a why would a good God allow bad things to happen? Why does suffering have to exist? A disease, an illness, and loss. You know, and these are questions that have loomed in for centuries and will continue to loom. You know, because. Um, I think pain fogs the lenses through which we see God. And I'm hoping through this book, really, to help even just the slightest cleaning of the lenses, you know, to say, hey, this is who God is in the midst of the muck and the mire. That's beautiful. I, I think that's so common. I, I feel like there's so many people whose faith gets tested when they are struggling and they begin to understand, like, is there really a God if I can go through this? You know, is there really a God if there's cancer? Is there really a God if there's, you know, loss, death, infertility, whatever that may be? And, um, you know, so I, I think that that's, that's a question that a lot of people have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think everyone inevitably does find themselves in the in the wilderness. They find themselves in the at time of testing. Um, but one of the cool things when you when you even look at the original languages for for the word wilderness, because God's people often find themselves in the wilderness, is the wilderness is a place where God speaks. And we oftentimes think um, there's two types of seasons in life consolation when life is going well and everything's going our way and we just never want the season to end. And then there's season of desolation where things get stripped from us. And yeah, it is that time of testing where, okay, what, what do I really believe? Um, and we oftentimes don't realize this, but it's the seasons of desolation where we understand God in a new way. Um, God comes to us in a new way and we get to experience God in a new way. And so um, though I don't, wish desolation on people um my prayer is that people don't waste their desolation yeah i love that so talk to me i mean obviously i don't want you to totally give away your book too much but maybe Mm -hmm. give just a little bit of insight of you know obviously you know you we kind of get the premises of the struggling and, and why is this happening but can you maybe give a little bit more into what this book is about yeah yep so Throughout, it's six chapters long and um, really deal with questions that surround God's character, questions that surround God's timing, 
questions that surround our feelings and questions that surround our beliefs. And then what do we do from here? So um, I think I, I was like, okay, I don't want a book to be exhaustive. I, I want to be clear. I want to be concise. And what are the things that people struggle with the most? Or what are the questions that um, keep plaguing people the most? And those seem to be the the most in my own personal experiences of ministering to all different types of people, um, you know, that, that seem to just be there, they're underlining. And they, I know that often, you know, a lot of times when we talk about feelings, you know, we live in a world where facts don't care about your feelings. Right. And, um, but I think that feelings do care about the facts, but oftentimes feelings begin to believe a lot of lies. And so really, I, I would say this, the summary of the book is really to, at the at the core, the root of it all is to deal with belief, um, belief about God, belief about yourself and belief about circumstances and belief fuels these feelings of security and they they fuel feelings of fear. And so, you know, our beliefs have to inform our feelings uh very necessary to do that and um and that's kind of where i where i come to in the conclusion of the book was you know the story of david and goliath whether you grew up in the church or not you know it's one of those stories that it's a tall tale you know and it's everybody kind of knows the premise is this lowly individual coming up against this monster and for a lot of people that's how they view their difficulty their hardship and what fueled David was his belief about God. Um, what fueled David was the belief about Goliath. You know, he he ends up calling Goliath a, you know, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? It was a slang term that he used, but he he said, why is everybody afraid of him? Don't you know who God is? And so I think that's so important when we come to things like cancer, you know, when the, when the cancer diagnosis comes or financial hardships come or disease you know whatever the the pain of hardship is so what do you believe about that circumstance what do you believe do you believe it has more power than god um and so that's i want to bring belief to every question you know what is it that you believe about god's character what is it that you believe about god's timing what is it that you feel about your own feelings and what is it that you actually believe in in yourself you know and the deepest the deepest valleys expose what we really believe, mm-hmm. you know, when I'm, I'm getting ready to go to Kenya and I, uh, had gone to Uganda back in, um, 2017 or 2018. And it was so funny. I was there every church service you go to over there, you know, everybody's always saying God is good all the time and all the time God is good. And that's just a, a slogan that they say at every service. And I thought about that and it's like, well, when life's going good, God is good. But what about when life isn't going good? Because we say all the time, God is good. And so, you know, I think the deepest valleys of life expose expose what we believe. Yeah. So with with the book, I'm just curious, you know, if you could share what's the, I guess the wording is like, how how is it written? Like, is it a written from, you know, through passages of scripture? Is it a story that you're telling? Is it a, you know, I guess like autobiography kind of experience mm-hmm. of what you went through? Like, how would you say the book is written? Like in what format? When I was like um, 25, 
And I thought I'm going to, I'm going to start writing at least some thoughts down. It definitely felt more of like an autobiography, like, Hey, this is my life story. Um, but this, you know, when I actually, uh, last year really got to writing this and really started doing some research, I share some of my story in there, but it's definitely more story intertwined with biblical truths and not even just my own stories, but honestly, in a lot of ways I write, I wrote these chapters almost like sermons. So if you're a pastor listening to it, you could uh, you could get the book and then have a whole uh, sermon series. But yeah, I, I, I tried to do illustrative stories, things that would capture the thought. Um, and so definitely not just my life story. And I, I know some people love reading those kinds of books. I personally don't. So I, I definitely said, OK, I don't probably won't write like a life memoir. Because even early on in the in the 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 introduction, I said, I am not a foreigner to suffering and pain. However, I know that I'm not the greatest of strugglers, nor have I had the hardest of stories, you know. So it's like if you're just wanting to, you know, hear a wow story, I don't know if my life story is really that. It was just a moment where okay, pain taught me some things. Pain has given me a platform, pain you know, is a universal language. And so I was like, okay, let's talk on that kind of stuff. And so, yeah, definitely scripture. And it was funny. I had some, some people write some reviews in the book and uh, one of the a former denominational president had, had wrote one and he had just said, I love Tyler's folksy sound. Um, I was like, I didn't know I was folksy, but <laughs> I, nonetheless, I, I appreciated it. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. And and I think that that's, and I, not that I don't like reading autobiographies, but I think that sometimes hearing so much, like it's, it, I think it's good to hear a lot of practical things that you can relate to. Cause I find that sometimes when books are straight autobiographies, not that I don't dislike them, but if you don't relate or if you haven't gone through what they've gone through, sometimes it's harder to get into. So mm-hmm. I think that's going to bring a lot of value to people. So a question that I have, and, and I know a lot of my listeners, I would say most of my listeners are believers, but I do know I have some that are not. So mm-hmm. I, I would love to you to speak to those people right now that are listening to this, that don't have a relationship with the Lord and don't consider themselves a believer, like how could this book serve them? Absolutely. You know, one of the things that I would say to somebody that say, Hey, I'm not, a, I'm not a Christian. I'm not a believer. You know, what, what, how would this book help me? And I, I think it's because the Bible, though I use it as a reference point, I try to pull out even just the practical wisdom that the Bible gives and you know, the Bible's just kind of one of those books that it is ancient, it has stood the test of time, people have tried to destroy it, disprove it, do everything they can to it, and yet it still stands. And um, I think a lot of times, you know, the um, the the picture that the Bible has within culture is that it's this mystical fairy tale that, you know, doesn't really offer support or doesn't really and and so i i try to just debunk i would i would say there's eternal truths here eternal wisdom here whether you're a believer or not it would be what god calls common grace you can still experience the goodness of these values haven't and even taking um the concept uh it was gandhi that said you know i i love your christ but i hate your christians and so 
you know, maybe, maybe the thought is I just don't like Christians. I don't like the church. And, and, you know, I understand that, but when you really look at this person of Jesus, he can only be, as C.S. Lewis said, one of three things. He can either be a liar, he can be a lunatic, or he can be Lord. And so, you know, Jesus is the person you got to, you know, come to terms with and, and really say, okay, who was this guy that changed the world in the first century? You know, the whole calendar just shifted on this guy's entrance to the earth. And the things that he says, you, you have to wrestle with. And there's there's real wisdom that can be had in, in understanding these truths. And so, um, yeah, I think I think it's still, nonetheless, it's wisdom. It's wisdom literature. And I think that's when you read this book, you won't get the feeling of, oh, this is like a Sunday school class. I think you'll still get this. These are, these are, this is food for life. You know, this is good, whether, whether you believe the Bible or not. Right. And I think that's, that's so important because like you had said, everyone struggles, you know, they're, they're struggling and every, and, and how -hmm. you get through that, you know, naturally, as we are Christians, we we do believe that you, you know, you get strength through the Lord. And for those who don't know the Lord and, and you are struggling and maybe you just don't know how to get through it, this could be a help and a way to help you get through that struggle with, you know, building a relationship or just learning about him. So mm-hmm. I think that's that I think that's important because I do know, you know, I do have a lot of listeners and most of my listeners are believers, but I do know I have some that are not. So I think mm-hmm. that this could be something that's also very impactful just in the sense alone that everyone struggles. And I don't know about you, but if I can mm-hmm. help myself get through struggles, <laughs> that mm-hmm. would be great. <laughs> so mm-hmm. wonderful. Well, is there any other last minute things that you kind of want to touch on on this book before we talk all the details of like how people can get their hands on it and all of that? Yeah, I think for me, one of the things I, you know, knowing I was going to come on and share uh, about the book, um, that I would want somebody to to take away, is that I don't ever want to paint this book in a light that it's not meant to be painted in. I don't view this book as a cure all. If you are, you know, in the midst of the diagnosis, if you're in the midst of maybe losing your house, maybe losing your spouse, maybe losing your uh, a loved one, um, that this that this is, hey, read this book and feel great. No, I, I think, um, and, and I don't pretend that it answers every question that somebody could come up with. There's a book in the Bible called Job, and Job's just a guy that loses everything and nobody's got the trump card on job uh when it comes to loss and eventually he gets to the point of where he's just says god i don't get why you would let something like this happen to a guy like me and it's in the moment where god could come in and he could he could answer every question that job has he could give him the explanation um but really what God does, and it's the longest time God the Father speaks in the whole Bible, um, is to Job, the guy that's suffered more than any of us. He shows Job who he is. And that I believe there is comfort in God's presence. And a way I would explain it is I was deer hunting a few years ago up near Traverse City. Um, and we were going to get the truck, uh, cause I got a deer 
and left the rifle up in the blind. And, you know, the truck's about a half a mile away and we're walking. And next thing I know, we see these, these uh, bear tracks that are fresh that weren't there previously. And the truck is still a, a, a good distance away to the point where you're not going to be able to get to the truck before the bear gets to you if it you know comes down to that. And so um, the further and further I was getting away from the rifle, the more and more fear that I that I had. And I think that's what I'm really hoping to do is really give a clear picture of God in all of this and how there's comfort really in God's presence. Again, not that, not that life still doesn't hurt, not that pain just vanishes or ceases to exist. And, and yeah, it's not just a, a cure all to the pain you're having, but I do believe the more clearly we can see God, the more strength we have to go through life's valleys. And so that's, that was my hope in, in, in writing all of this, that, that if, if you get the book and you read it, to enlarge in your understanding and view of God. And, and, you know, it's an endless fountain. Um, you know, you could, you can never exhaust God, which is, you know, a really cool thing about, about our God. And so, um, that's kind of the, the last thing I'd want to say is, okay, this is, this was really the intent. So, you know, if you, if you're thinking, oh, I'm going to get this book and life's not going to suck anymore. It's not going to hurt anymore. Um, I, I I don't want to promise that, um, but that because that wasn't the intention. Awesome. Well, I, I think that's I think that's very important that you say that, and and that people understand that that while this might be a guide, you know, it, it's it's not the end all cure all. So I, I think that that's that's wonderful that you threw that in there. And I just have to know how did this bear story end? <laughs> did you guys end up seeing the bear? <laughs> did not end up seeing the bear. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I did have a strategy. I did have a plan of attack if the bear came out. Um, but uh, yeah, no, no encounter with the bear. Good. Well, I mean, obviously you're still here. So <laughs> we could have figured out how that ended, but wow, that's crazy. Um, okay, so November 4th is when it launches. So this episode is actually just before November 4th. So while we're recording this, yeah, I wanted to make sure it was timed right. So um, just in a few days, the um, book will be launching. So give all the details on that, whether you're listening to this as it's just released this episode or in the future, Um, just kind of keep us updated on how people can get their hands on this book and all the details. Yeah, so... We are doing a book launch at a Bean to Go Coffee and Roasters. That's in downtown Lake Orion, you know. And so I know people come from all from all over. They're probably listening. So you know, downtown Lake Orion might not be feasible on November fourth, but we have online ways uh, of getting the book. The book will be available on BarnesandNoble.com, uh, Amazon.com. Um, the publishing house uh, website, and then they um, publishing house created a website for the book. So there's lots of ways online, but on that November fourth, there will be signed copies. You know, so if you want that that autograph and a little note, and uh, come out on November fourth, uh, 10 a.m. to noon. But yeah, all the all the onlines, you know, they're normal ways, you know, for people. 
and then uh yeah that's those are the, those are the ways to get it awesome and i will include all of the links and the show notes for anybody um who wants to just kind of scroll down so you guys will have access to that and then tyler how can people connect with you if they want to reach out if they want to i mean hopefully that's okay i, I know you're usually oh, yeah. pretty willing for that but if anyone wants to reach out how can people connect with you um, the best ways would probably be at least to start a social media, you know, I'm on Facebook and, and Instagram, um, as well as email. Um, you can link my email in, in the okay. description if you'd like, uh, Tyler at folks.church. Awesome. But, um, yeah, I, you know, we've done just some minor things on social media about the book so far and had, uh, some people already reaching out and just sharing their stories of of hurt and pain. And I, I love that. I love that because I didn't want my suffering to be wasted. you know, when you look back at, and, and like I said, I think earlier in the show, you know, pain became a platform for me. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it allowed me to resonate with, with people in these, in this last decade, you know, I can't tell you how many times I've been on the call on a phone with somebody who's medically going through something really hard or difficult. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's one thing to say, oh, you know, that's hard. It's another to say, you know, I've sat there, I've been there and it's not fun, you know, to, to have somebody be able to relate to you and in, in their pain. I think it goes, I think your microphone's a little bit louder at that point. Mm-hmm. I love that. Well, congratulations again. Thank, Thank you. you for all you do to impact people and sharing your story, but you know, I'm just, this is going to be wonderful. I can't wait mm. to read it. And hopefully listeners, you guys can get your hands on it and read it too. Cause I just, I know you'll love it. So thanks again, Tyler, for everything you, and congratulations. Thank you very much. You're welcome.